we have here is God revealing to the Apostle Peter that the gospel of Jesus Christ is not just for the Jewish world, but also for the Gentile world. Good morning, and thank you for listening to the Walking by Faith podcast with Reverend Mark Cox of Crossroads Ministries. Join him this morning as he continues his message in the 10th chapter of the book of Acts. Listeners may follow Crossroads Ministries on social media and visit our website, crossroadsministries.webador.com, for our monthly devotionals, platforms, and more. This is Mark Hawks. Thank you so much for joining us here today on the Walking by Faith podcast. I want to pick up where I left off the last time. I want to begin in the 10th chapter of the book of Acts. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, today for the opportunity to preach the Word of God and to teach the Word of God. Lord, we ask you to anoint it, bless those that hear it, and help me, Lord, to break the bread of life. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. In the 10th chapter of the book of Acts. We find here that there's a man by the name of Cornelius. Um, for the sake of time, I won't read all of it. But there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. It tells us that he was a devout man and one that feared God with all his house and prayed to the Lord. And he saw in a vision the angel of the Lord visits him and says unto Cornelius in verse 4, And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Your prayers have been heard. Now, he receives instructions from the Lord. Now, I want to note that Cornelius, Cornelius is a Gentile. In verse 5, the Lord tells him, And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. As we remember the last time in the ninth chapter, we left the apostle Peter after he'd raised Tamitha from the dead and healed the sick of the palsy. We left him. He was in Joppa. And the Lord instructs this Gentile by the name of Cornelius to inquire and send his men out and go seek Peter, go to where he is in Joppa, and bring him back to Cornelius' house. So he dispatches his men to go and go get Peter and bring him back to his home. So in verse 9, On the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh to the city, Peter went up to the housetop to pray. That was a custom in those days. And he became very hungry. I don't know why it says and he became very hungry. And he would have eaten. But while they made ready, apparently they downstairs were preparing the meal. He goes up to the rooftop to pray. And he fell into a trance. Now, this is the Lord working on both ends. Verse 11, And he saw heaven open and a certain vessel descending unto him. He sees a, a sheet knit at four corners, let down to the earth. And inside that sheet were all manner of four footed beasts, wild beasts of the earth and creeping things and fowls of the air. And the voice comes to him in verse 13 and says, And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And the voice came to him again and says, What God has cleansed you shall not call common. And this was done three times and the vessel was received up again into heaven. Now, what we have here is God revealing to the Apostle Peter that the gospel of Jesus Christ is not just for the Jewish world, but also for the Gentile world, that Jews and Gentile are all one. All these manner of different wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air represent all the Gentile nations and that the gospel of Jesus Christ is going to go out to them also. Verse 19, And while Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit saith unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. So Cornelius' men have arrived at this time. Verse 20, And the word of God, Spirit of God, says to Peter, Behold, the men that seek you are at the front door or at the front gate. In verse 20, the Spirit, the Lord, says to Peter, Arise 
Christ therefore and get thee down and go with them doubting nothing for I have sent them. Isn't it a blessed assurance to know the leadership and the guidance of the Spirit of God and the Word of God? In verse 25, now we find here that they come back to Cornelius' house. They made the journey. In verse 25, and as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. Notice what happened here. Cornelius the Gentile, obviously he'd heard about all the things that the Apostle Peter had done and all the miracles that he had been involved in. But when Cornelius meets the Apostle Peter, the Bible says that he fell down at his feet and worshipped him. Verse 26, and Peter immediately, and Peter took him up saying, stand up, I myself also am a man. I also am a man. That's very important for us to remember. All ministers, all men, all people that work in the ministry, are just men and women. What sets us apart is the blood of Jesus Christ. Apart from Jesus Christ, I am absolutely no good. I am totally depraved. You know, the Bible talks about being a man. You know, King David charged his son Solomon when he came to the end of his life in 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 2. David told his son Solomon, I go the way of all the earth. Be strong, Solomon. Therefore, show thyself to be a man. David wanted his son to be strong. And he knew that the only way he would be a man if he kept his covenant with God. Every one of us have a covenant with God. What is that covenant? We have a covenant with our eyes. We have a covenant with our mind, our hearts, and our souls. We have, we have, we live under the mercy and the grace of God. We deal every day with the old man, the old Adam, the old Eve. Every day, Adam rises up and he wants to do something else. He wants to do something that's totally against God because the flesh, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Every day the Adam rises up and says, Oh, no, I tell you what, just go ahead and tell them all. Do what you want to do. Do it your way. There is a way that seemeth right, but the ends that are out of the ways of death. No, we don't go the way of the world, the way of the flesh. We must follow the way of the Spirit of God and the Word of God. Christ in us is the hope of glory. So when I talk about the old man, the, the Apostle Paul spoke a whole lot about that old man, that old decrepit, depraved man who raises his fist and rebels against God as Cain did when he slew his brother Abel. I'll do it my way. That's a, I'll do it my way. No, my friends, we won't do it our way, and especially Christians. We will do it God's way. The Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, that you put concerning the former conversation, the old man, the old man. If you have dirty language, I doubt seriously if you're saved. I think you need to examine yourself and wash yourself out. Wash your mouth out with the soap of the Word of God. That you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful love. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Verse 24. Then that you put on the new man, which is after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Romans chapter 6, verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that we should not serve sin. David, the shepherd boy. You know the story. It's the, probably the most popular, most well-known Bible story. It's When I say a Bible story, it's a true Bible story. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 3. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on one side, and the Israelites stood on the mountain on the other side. And there was a valley between them. In a Christian life, there are valleys. King David would later on write in Psalms chapter 23, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. We find little David, the shepherd boy, before he becomes king. He hears Goliath. 
issuing a challenge every day. The Bible says that they met every day, the Philistines and the Israelites, on two sides of the mountain, opposite from each other. And there was a valley in between them. And Goliath comes out there, and he's almost ten foot tall. His very presence is... is uh, scary, intimidating, almost 10 foot tall. You know what he does every day? He stands up there on the other side of the mountain and he hollers out to the Israelites and to Saul. Saul is shaking in his armor. Saul was an empty suit. Saul is an empty suit. He doesn't have the Spirit of God. He's disobeyed the Lord. He's an empty shell. And Philistines standing almost ten foot tall, he issues that he issues that issues that challenge out every day. Send me a man. Send me a man. I defy. He says, Am I not a Philistine and you the servants to Saul? Choose you a man. Send him out. Send me a man. In first Timothy chapter five, verse eight, the apostle Paul wrote and said, If any man provide not for his own, especially those of his own house, he has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. And Jeremiah, when God was seeking for a man, Jeremiah chapter 5, run to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem and see now and seek in the broad places thereof. If you can find a man, if there be any that executeth judgment, that seeketh the truth, and I will pardon it. It was a song that came out some years ago and it was called Jesus Christ. Now there was a man, it went something like this. I've heard all the songs that you're singing today there's only one thing I don't understand. Why you don't sing more songs about Jesus, my Savior, Jesus Christ. Now there was a man. So we go over here to the 35th verse. And the Apostle Peter says, But in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him, that God is no respect of persons. The Bible tells us that if we have somebody come into our church and he has a gold ring on or a goodly apparel, we'll say unto him, Take the best seat in the house. But if someone comes into our presence or into our assembly or into our churches and he has uh, what you call vile raiment on, not dressed as well, we might say to him, just sit on the floor. And James says, are you not then partial in yourselves and become judges of evil thoughts? You know, I think it's very much a comfort to find that God is no respectable person, that regardless of your background, regardless of your economic status, whether or not if you're a lower class, a middle class, or an upper class, whatever you might be, whatever your background might be, whatever your past might be, Jesus Christ doesn't care about that. He doesn't judge us on what we possess, what we don't possess, what we have, how much money we have in the bank. He, he loves everybody equally. That God is no respect to persons. And many times we find ourselves as human beings dealing with people on, on different ways or reacting to them in different ways and treating them in different ways because of, well, because we know them, because we're familiar with them, because we're on the same economic status or whatever. Sometimes we find ourselves, you know, judging on the outward appearance. And everybody does that until you get to talking to them and knowing them and understanding them. So James tells us not to judge, not to perceive, not to kiss the gold ring of somebody who has a goodly apparel on. Don't get me wrong, I think we should dress up and look good and look proper and respectful when you go to the house of God. But many times that's uh, the clothes that people are wearing or the status that we perceive that they are is not necessarily what we see on the outside. It doesn't tell us everything. What a comfort it is to know that God is no respect of persons and that the Lord treats everybody equally. If we want justice, real justice, we'll get it. We'll get it in the courtroom of God. We will get it when we stand before the Lord. I guarantee you, if you want justice, you'll get it on that day. You'll get justice, and all of us will need mercy. Jesus said in St. John chapter 5, verse 22, talking about judgment, talking about judgment. Jesus said, For the Father judgeth no man, but has committed, committed all judgment unto the Son. 
The Bible tells us in the book of Genesis, chapter 18, verse 25, Will not the judge of all the earth do right? In Luke chapter 18, there was a widow that came to the unjust judge. Shall not God avenge his own elect, Jesus said, which cry unto him day and night? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. The Bible tells us in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 19, talking about God's justice. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay, saith the Lord. So we find in verse 35 that Peter says to Cornelius that God is no respect of persons. And we should not judge people on their appearance, but judge righteous judgment. And we find here that Peter continues and preaches on and relates to them the gospel of Christ. And he says in verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing all those that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. In verse 42, and he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead. To him, Verse 43, to him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive the remission of sins. Verse 44, while Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. Verse 45, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished and as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. We find that God is no respect of persons. We find here as the Apostle Peter preaches to Cornelius and to his men. While he spake, the Holy Ghost fell upon them, and they had received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Verse 46, And for they heard them speak with tongues, and magnified God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. We find that the Gentiles received the gospel. They received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then Peter says, If they have received the gift of the Holy Ghost, can any man forbid that these men not be baptized also in water? The Word of God tells us in the book of John, chapter 5. The Apostle John, in one of his epistles, 1 John chapter 5, verses 6 and 8. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And he goes on and he writes, and there are three that bear witness in earth. Notice he says first there are three that bear record in heaven. Now he says there are three that bear witness in earth. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. So Cornelius and his men were baptized. Baptized and received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And were baptized in water. As the Apostle Peter commanded them to be baptized. In the name of the Lord. And that wraps it up on the 10th chapter of the book of Acts. And I hope and pray that I've made some things clear. Thank you so much for being here with us today. May the Lord richly bless you. And until the next podcast, may the Lord keep and bless you and keep you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Walking by Faith podcast with Reverend Mark Hawks of Crossroads Ministries. Tune in again Sunday, February 20th for a new message. 
Listeners may follow Crossroads Ministries on Facebook for all the latest updates. And if you would like to partner with Crossroads Ministries and Walking by Faith, consider donating through our Anchor or Spotify platforms. If you have a prayer request, you may message us via the Facebook Messenger app and all requests are kept private. Because we walk by faith, not by sight, we hope that this message has touched your hearts and your homes this Sunday.